morning, everybody. Everybody doing well? I'm so grateful that you're here this morning. I wasn't here last week, of course. I was at Men's Retreat, and we had a wonderful time. And uh, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that in my message this morning. Uh, Miss Vicki uh, brought the word, and so I appreciate her doing that. And our team that was here, and everything went great, and I'm so very grateful. I'm going to continue this morning on my series. This is my second week talking about I Love My Church. I hope you got your signs in your yard. I've seen them all over town. Uh, I had a few more at the Red Desk. I don't know if there's still any in there, uh, but I'm ordering more. And uh, they sent us signs, but they didn't send us the wires that go on it. So we've got more wires coming. So if you didn't get a sign, I have more signs, and we don't want anybody to be left out. And uh, I'm grateful for you putting those out. I've had more comments from people all over town about those signs and what's the deal and what's going on and why do you have those signs. And uh, we've had people contact us and talk to us, and that was what we wanted to do. We just wanted to stir conversation. We wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about church, talk about Jesus Christ and what God's doing in your life. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to continue this morning talking about uh, my message, I love my church. Church changed my life. It changed Vicky's life. Now, religion didn't change our life. Church attendance didn't change our life, but when we got into a church that promoted the Lord Jesus Christ and God began to move in our lives, I can stand up here this morning and tell you a big part of why I am where I am today is because of the love of Jesus Christ and because of his local New Testament church. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. You know as well as I do, the world does not have any answers. They don't have any solutions, but we do, and that solution is Jesus Christ. We're not only the hope of the world, we're the hope of this community. This past week, we took 40 men to men's retreat. There were probably 12 other churches there, and I talked to more pastors and more men who were blown away by how many men we took to men's retreat. I had more people come up to me and say, it's amazing the group of of men that you brought. Now, here's the next thing. Next year, we'll take more than that. I believe we'll take 50 men. I've already had guys talking to me, uh, guys that are interested in going, and we'll take more men. Now, here's the thing. Pastor, why does that matter? Well, when you reach a man, you reach a group of behind him. You reach his family, you reach his wife, you reach his children. Well, here's what else happened at Men's Retreat. Uh, one of the speakers was a man named Bobby Bogart. He's a pastor uh, on, a, on a staff at a church in Dallas called Gateway. Now, you may have heard of that church. It's a very large church. They have 30,000 members in their church. So that's the entire population of Plainview and Tulia combined. So I'm visiting with this pastor. He's there as one of the speakers. And he asked me, you know, what are we doing? And how are things going? I said, man, they're going great. And he was asking about our youth ministry and our kids ministry. And I said to him, I said, hey, we started our ministries. And I said, we had 300 kindergarten through 12th graders in our ministries. And we're ministering to kids and to teenagers. And he said, whoa, whoa, stop. He said, you had how many? I said, we had 300. He said, how big is the town where you live? I said, well, we have more cows in our county than people, actually. Amen? Amen? Right? We do. I said, oh, less than 5,000 people. He said, it's amazing what God is doing in your community. It's amazing what God is doing in your midst. Another man that spoke is named Larry Titus. And he was one of the early pastors at Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo back in the early days. He was instrumental in Jimmy Evans becoming pastor at Trinity Fellowship. Well, now he has an international ministry. He travels all over the world. And when he left Men's Retreat, he went to Brazil. He's 
doing ministry there. Well, he came up to me at one of the breaks, and he said, it's absolutely amazing what God is doing in Tulia. It's absolutely amazing what God is doing in your church. And I thanked him, and I said, man, I'm so thankful for your kind words. Well, then during break time, I meet a pastor who's from a church in Amarillo. I didn't know him, and I introduced myself to him, and he said, oh, are you that guy from Tulia? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you know, what guy are you looking for, right? I mean, are you looking for the bank robber or the preacher? Which, which one are you looking for, right? And so I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I'm that guy. He said, he said, it's amazing what God is doing in your church. I said, well, thank you. I said, I so appreciate it. He said, everybody is talking about what's going on in Tulia. Well, I was blown away. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Okay, I was humbled, and I was blown away. I didn't know him. He's pastors in Amarillo, and he said, it's amazing what God's doing in your church. It's amazing what God's doing in Tulia. Now, I want to stop right here and just encourage you. I want you to be aware of it, too. See, we're right in the middle of what God's doing. We're right in the middle of seeing teenagers ministered to, kids ministered to, adults ministered to, men ministered to. We're seeing our families ministered to. But sometimes we can be so close that we don't recognize it and we don't see it. And so I really want to encourage you this morning, we're a part of something amazing. We're a part of something supernatural, and I I just want you to recognize it. I don't want you to think this is business as usual because it's not, because we're seeing people's lives change. Three different men at Men's Retreat told me, encouraged me. I've got a pastor friend who pastors in El Paso, and uh, I was tweeting about what was going on here, and he messaged me, and he said, it sounds like you pastor the entire community. Now, we don't pastor the entire community, but God has given us such tremendous influence in this community. And just this Wednesday night, uh, we're doing refresh. And I'm telling you, Kurt invited you to come on Friday. I would love for you to come and see what God is doing in our teenagers. It's, it's incredible what God's doing. It's incredible what he's doing in Power Kids. Power, I would invite you to Power Kids, but there's no room, okay? I mean, there's, there's just not any room. I mean, every seat is filled with a child. Uh, we've got a great team of volunteers down there who do a great job every single week, but it's absolutely packed. Friday, I was asked to speak at the pep rally, and I'm so humbled and so grateful that the school would give us an opportunity to share at the pep rally. Uh, Kurt was asked to be involved in a program at the school as well. God has given us such favor here with our school system. Do, do you know that men can pastor in communities their entire life, and they're never invited onto school property? They're never given an opportunity to share, and God gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be able to share share at the school and to be able to minister. Well, I, I go to the, they did the prep rally at the stadium. And so I got over there to the stadium and they had all the junior high and the elementary school kids there. And so I'm standing there at the edge of the stadium and here comes this horde of elementary school children. And now they're all in a line and they're behaving until they saw me. And something about seeing me just brings utter joy to a child. Amen. Well, they broke ranks, and they ran, and and they stampeded me, and they're all around me. Now, we have teachers who don't all live in Tulia, and some of them are from other places. And this lady was looking at me like, who are you? And all these kids are like, Pastor Rusty, Pastor Rusty. And I'm all, man, I'm hugging them. We had a great time. God's doing amazing things. 
And listen, when I'm at that school, you're at that school, right? When I do a funeral, you're at that funeral. When I do a wedding, you're at that wedding because I'm a part of what God is doing here. You're a part of what God is doing here. Now, I shared some things with you last week that I'd like to just remind you of. You will never be all God has called you to be. I'll never be all God has called me to be apart from the body. And we know that. If I were to lose my little finger, if it was to be cut off or amputated, if I didn't have it surgically put back on pretty quickly, we know that it would die and it would wither. Listen, as Christians, we're called by God to be a part of a body. Right? I'm not called to be on my own. You and I are called to be a part of a body. Here's three things I said about church two weeks ago. First off, church helps you to know God. Do you know Jesus talked to some people who were not believers in the New Testament, and here's what he told them. He said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Wow. All right, do you know why you're going to get into heaven? You're going to get into heaven because you know Jesus. Because you've invited him into your life. Not because of anything you do or don't do, but because you know Christ. He said, hey, you're not coming where I'm at because I don't know you. So one of the things that happens at church is you have an opportunity to know God. Here's the second thing is we're here to see God in worship. Here's one of the things I know about church. Every seven days on Sunday, I come into this place and I'm here to do one thing. I'm here to worship my God. I'm here to humble myself in worship, and I'm here to worship with my attendance, to worship with my prayer, to worship with my uh, praise and worship, to worship with my giving, and to worship with the message. All right, listen to this statement. I said this two weeks ago. He's God, and we're not. Amen? He's God, and I'm not. So one of the reasons I'm here is to be able to see God through worship. Then the third thing I talked about is we learn and we understand who God is through teaching. One of the things that's always going to happen at Tuya Christian Fellowship is we're going to teach the Bible. All right? It's so important. If you understand the Word of God, then you understand God. So when you come in this place, you're going to hear Scripture, and you're going to learn, and you're going to grow spiritually because you're hearing the Word of God. Now, here's what God wants. God wants us to be a part of we, not me. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, on our chalkboard out at the red desk, it says, we church, not me church. Okay, do you know that my grandparents never, ever took a selfie? Right? Yeah, no, they never, ever took a selfie. My parents never took a selfie. Now, when I was a kid growing up, my parents, of course, had different kinds of cameras, and film was very valuable. You know, like today with your phone, you know, you can take 25, 30, 40, 50 pictures. You delete them at will. It doesn't matter how many you use. But can you remember when you had to buy a camera and it had film in it, then every picture mattered. And you, uh, us older folks, we remember, right? You know, my grandparents had a video camera back in the day, and it had that little roll of film on it, and it was two minutes long. Okay, that's 120 seconds. Okay, do you know how much video we've taken of Annie already? 120 hours, right? Not 120 seconds. I mean, people were very careful what they took pictures of. My grandparents never held out a camera and took a picture of themselves. They certainly never took a picture of food. <laughs> right? Never took a picture of food, right? They never took a picture of themselves. All right, and I'm not picking on you, but you know it's the truth. 
Okay, we are the selfie generation. We, not my generation, but the younger ones, you, you are the selfie generation. We are the me generation. And see, too much of the time in our lives, it's not we, it's not us, it's not community, it's me. And it's important that we don't, we're not that way. See, listen, God wants you to be a part of a community. God wants you to be a part of a fellowship. God doesn't want you to be on your own. He wants you to be a part of a, of a group. And he wants us to hang together. And that's what happens when we're together as the body of Christ. See, and I said this, we're not an organization. Now, we're organized, but we're not an organization. We're the living, breathing body of Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing in church. Now, I want to read a verse to you this morning out of Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to show you a couple more things this morning about the church. Here's the, the next thing I want you to see. The Bible says that church is like a house. The Bible says we're like a house. Let me read to you what it says. It says in Ephesians 2, together. Everybody say together. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. Together, all of us, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. He's the one that holds it all together. Then it says, we are carefully joined together in Christ, becoming a holy temple to the Lord. Now, did you see what that says? First off, it says we're together. Then it says together we're a house. It says Jesus is the foundation of that house, and that he's placed you and I carefully in the house. Now, I've said this before, and I want to say it again. I'm grateful for our property. I'm grateful for our buildings. And I know when you drive by this corner, it's easy to say, hey, there's the church. And, and in a sense, that's true. This, this is the place where Tulia Christian Fellowship is. But here's the thing. Church is not a place I go to. It's a people I belong to. See, it's not a place I go to. It's a people that I belong to. All right? We're a gathering of people on a mission for God. See, you know why we always talk about Ground Zero and Power Kids? Because it's our mission. It's part of our mission. You know why I want you to know we took 40 men to men's retreat? Because those 40 men were ministered to. You know why I want you to know that there's 150 kids at Power Kids? Because those kids are ministered to. See, our mission, if you will, our goal, our heart is to do what? Well, to take the light of Jesus Christ into a dark and dying world. Because don't, don't forget, the church is going to hell. The, the world doesn't have any answers. And our mission, wherever we go, is to take the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to read you another verse. I want to read 1 Peter 2, 5. Listen to what this says. I love this. It says, and you and I are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple or a spiritual house. What's more, you are his holy priests. Now, you know what you can think sometimes as Christians? Well, you think, well, you know, pastor, you're the priest. We're not priests. No, the scripture says we're all priests of God. We're anointed of God. All right, now listen to the rest of it. It says, through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Now, I want you to see something amazing in this verse, and I don't want you to miss it. It says, you and I are living stones. Okay, what, what does that mean, pastor? So what? All right, it doesn't say we're bricks. What's a brick? Well, a brick is something that's manufactured to look the same. I have a home that has brick, and the outside of the brick is black. And that brick was manufactured the same size, the same weight, the same color. And that brick was delivered to the side of my home when it was built. And a mason bricked it. And it's uniform. Okay, you know what the scripture says about you? 
it says that you're a living stone. Now, what's the difference between a stone and a brick? Every stone is different. Right, if you were to go out to a riverbed and gather stone to build a house, the mason has to have much more skill because when they put the mortar in, each rock is shaped different. Each rock has a different size, and it takes a lot more skill to build a wall out of rock because they're all different than it does out of bricks that are all the same. Now, what am I trying to say? Well, here's what I want you to see. Each one of you are special. The Bible says you're a living stone and when that wall is being built, when the house of God is being built, there's a place that you fit that no other stone will fit. You, I don't have to talk about fingerprints, do I? Every human being on earth has a different fingerprint. I mean, that kind of stretches your head, doesn't it? All right, God has called you. You have specific gifts. You have specific talents. You're a living stone you have value. Now, don't miss this. Don't let this fly over your head. Don't, don't let this get away from you. God's placed you carefully in the body because you're needed. And you and I are living stones. We're not bricks. We don't all look alike. We don't all sound alike. We've been placed there. Now, let me talk to those of you that you're here and you think, hey, that's great, Pastor. I think that's wonderful. But, you know, I don't really know if I fit here. I don't really know where my place is. In fact, maybe I'm just, I don't know, I'm here by accident. You know what I'm saying? Somebody brought me or I just showed up over here and I saw those blue signs all over town. I thought, what kind of nuts doing that? I'm going to go see what they're doing, right? All right, let me talk to you. See, God has a plan. Jeremiah says on the wall that his plan's a good plan and you're not here by accident and you do matter and you are needed and every one of you have a place that fits. And we need you here. Listen, I need you here. God needs you here. Your family and your friends need you here. And you're not, listen, you're not here by accident. Because I think one of the greatest lies the devil tells us, right, is, oh, I cannot be here next week and it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. It does matter. There's somebody here who's already been ministered to by you being here. And you may not have even have talked to him. One night in Ground Zero, I was visiting with an adult sponsor. It was a woman. And, you know, one of the things we try to do in Ground Zero on Power Kids, of course, one of our top priorities in those ministries is the kids' safety. All right, physical safety is one of our top priorities. You know, we gather the kids outside of Power Kids, and the cars line up down the street, and we don't just dismiss them to run out in the streets because their safety is a, is a priority. This is what this lady told me. She said, I can bully you from across the room, and I don't even have to talk to you. I can be sitting on one side of the lounge, you can be sitting on the other, and I can bully you from across the room. Now, listen, at that moment, I didn't realize that that could be done. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't know. I'm thinking bullying is up close and personal, and sometimes it is up close and personal. But she said, no, no, I can use my facial expression, and I can bully you from across the room. Okay, now, let me switch it to a positive. You minister to people being here, and you don't even have to talk to them. You don't even have to pray for them. You don't even have to engage with them. You minister to more people than you think you do. Because the Bible says that you're a living stone. We're a house. Here's the next thing we are, is we're a body. I'm going to read to you out of Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 4. We're the body of Christ. Listen to what it says. 
Okay, Romans, 4, Romans 12, 4 says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Don't miss this. <clears throat> we belong to each other. Now, here's what you think sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I'm part of the body, but my part's not very important. All right, I've got some pickets in the backyard on my fence that I had to take down that were kind of rotted, and so I've gotten some new ones. I haven't put them on yet. I got the new pickets. I got my nails, and I'm all ready to put my new pickets on. And now, listen, I'm, my grandfather was a carpenter, but I'm not a carpenter. Now, I can, I can use a hammer, right, sort of. I mean, you know, when I was a little kid, I'd, my granddad would give me a board, and I would drive nails into the board, and then inevitably I'd hit my finger, and he would always tell me, keep both hands on the handle. Okay, but how do you start the nail with both hands on the handle, right? So imagine that I'm fixing my fence and I accidentally hit my little finger with the hammer. Now, this is, it's the smallest finger I have, okay? It really seems unimportant. So if I hit my finger, I don't go, oh, it's just my little finger. It doesn't matter. No, I don't do that. You know what I do? Oh, 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 oh Vicky! That's what I do. Right? You know, you, you know what I don't do? Ah, that little finger don't matter anyway, so let's just get rid of it. No. All right. Have you ever gotten up to go powder your nose in the middle of the night? And that's kind of the PG version of what you do, you know? And you're going to the restroom, and you accidentally catch your little toe on the leg of the dresser. Have you ever done that? Oh, yeah. Right. Ah, right. And you turn on the light, and it's sticking out sideways. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? You've done that before, right? You, you know what you didn't do? You didn't say, oh, that doesn't matter. It's just my little toe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have any importance or value. I mean, really, come on. Why would God give you a little toe? I mean, did he just have spare parts? I mean, come on, right? No, you know what you do when that happens? Ah, 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 ah. That's what you do, right? You don't think, well, it doesn't matter, so I don't care. What does the Scripture say? It says, we're his body, we're many parts. Listen, don't miss this. And every one of you have a special function. Every one of you have a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. Did you know that in our culture today, the more affluent we become, which means the more income you have, the more leisure time you have. And as technology advances, as we're more affluent and we have more technology, we spend less time together. And I know you know it. I don't have to tell you that, right? I don't have to spend time talking about Facebook. You have 500 friends on Facebook, but you really have no friends because you never sit down with them. You never have coffee with them. You never have dinner with them. And so what happens is we become more and more isolated. And I'm not picking on anybody. I watch pastors online all the time. I'm always listening to good messages. I'm encouraged, I'm strengthened, and I get ideas. But I'm part of a local church. Listen, I don't isolate myself and think, oh, I can just watch preaching online. Oh, I can just be a part of a church that's online somewhere, and I can just stay home. Listen, it's not God's plan. It's not God's purpose. It's not his best for you. Your friends and family who are at home today, God wants them to be here to be a part of what we're doing. Listen, we're incomplete without each other. We're incomplete without each other. Here's the last thing the church is. We're a flock. 
were a flock. Now, I want to read to you in 1 Peter 5, 2. <clears throat> we're a flock. Now, if you're a man, you don't want to be a sheep. I can dig it. I don't want to be a sheep. I want to be a bull. I want to be one of those big black fighting bulls. Now, I don't want to die in the arena, but I want to be a big bull, right? Or I want to be a grizzly bear. Or I want to be a lion, but I don't want to be a sheep. I understand totally. I'm with you guys. You know, hey, hey you know, the, Jesus said we're sheep. No, 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 you know, nobody wants to be a sheep. Listen to what this says. It says, care for the flock. What's a flock? Sheep. Care for the flock or the sheep that God has entrusted you. Now, this verse obviously is directed to me. Okay, listen to what it says. Rusty, care for the flock God's entrusted to you. You see, God's entrusted you to me. The Bible says I'll give an answer for how I did. It says watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you get out of it, but because you're eager to serve God. Now, here's all. I want to change your thinking on being a flock, on being sheep. It says that we're a flock. Here's what I want you to understand. When God says that we're a flock, you know what his heart is? Is that we're a group of people who are well cared for. Isn't that amazing? See, a flock follows the shepherd. And I'm talking about Jesus Christ here. I'm not talking about me. When we follow Jesus Christ, what does it say? In the 23rd Psalm says that he'll lead us beside still waters. It says he'll restore our soul. Listen, I, I want you to know my heart. You know what my heart is? My heart is, is when you're here, you're well cared for. You're well cared for. That you're loved, you're well fed, and that God's taking care of you, and God's using me to minister to you. See, we're a flock, and that means that we're well cared for, that we care for each other. I love going into the Java Cafe. I was even part of it this morning. I love going in there and seeing you praying for each other. When we do our men's group across the street, when we finish our men's group, we always say, does anybody need prayer? And I always want prayer. And I have the men lay hands on me, and I say, I, I said this morning, please pray for me so I don't say anything stupid. And they said, well, that's a pretty big prayer, Pastor. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a stretch, right? All right, that we're well cared for. I love it when you pray for each other. I love it when you minister to each other. I love it when you're having coffee together. I love it when we're looking after each other. See, I said two weeks ago, see, church is not supposed to be shoulder to shoulder. It's supposed to be face to face. You see, we're a people on a mission. We're what? We're a house, we're a body, and we're a flock. And God's presence is among us. Amen? All right, y'all stand up and let's pray.